0: So, this morning we are going to be looking at the scripture um, that we've been looking at all month from the book of Matthew. So, if you would like to open your Bibles, uh, we'll be looking at a couple of different verses, but we're going to be looking in Matthew. Now, Jesus had just preached his famous Sermon on the Mount. Have you ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? It's one of his most famous, greatest sermons. And it's found in Matthew chapters 5-7. through And we're not going to go through all those, but... You know, Jesus starts with the Beatitudes. Blessed are those that... Blessed are those and they will inherit this and that, right? Then he proceeds with teaching about living as salt and light. He teaches about murder being in the heart. The sacredness of marriage. Loving your enemies. The model prayer. This is where our Father who art in heaven... It's in this sermon as well. Uh, He teaches us not to worry, not to judge, and so on. And he finally ends his sermon with a story about two men building a house. This month we've been looking at that story in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. We have heard about the need for a firm foundation in Christ. But what does that look like to you personally? And how can we apply this truth to our spiritual lives? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to go ahead and read the, the verses in Matthew. And um, we've been looking at it from different angles this month. And so we're going to look at even a different perspective. So um, follow along. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So your translation may be a little different. But Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. All right, so this is how Jesus, Jesus, um, he, he preaches this great sermon. He puts all these, these teachings in it that we're familiar with, that we, we take in little bitty pieces and do a whole sermon series on. So he teaches all these great things, and at the very end he ends with this parable of these two men. So we're going to look at these two men because apparently it's very important Jesus is trying to when he says tells a story like that He's trying to teach us an important spiritual lesson So first we're going to look at these two men and we're going to look at what was similar about them Well, the first thing we notice is that they had the same vision. They were both wanting to build a house, right? Uh, they had the same desire and and goal for their futures But let's think about they're building their houses not just a physical house. Let's think about it as they were wanting to build their lives. Right? They wanted to build their futures. They wanted to build, they wanted to build a home, but more than just, you know, let's say more than just a building. They wanted to build a family. They wanted to build relationships, successful partnerships. This is what they had. Alright? They wanted they wanted their families to be proud of them. I mean, we can relate to that, right? We we all wanted the same thing. Um when we were children, we were always asked, what What? what is your parents always ask you? What are you going to be when you grow up, right? What are you going to be? And as a kid, you know, you get your inspiration from your parents. So a lot of times, so, you know, if your parents are like, oh, well, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer or a business person, right? Because your parents want you. So as children, you start thinking, oh, things that are successful, right? So as children, we start thinking about the future of our you know, uh, lives and our success. Um, And so these men were not really different. All right? Another similarity between these men is they both listened to divine truth. And you might say, well, how do you know that? Well, because Jesus says, whoever hears these words and does this, right? So he said, they both heard. This man heard this and this man heard this, right? They both heard the divine truth, Jesus said. So what we get from this is that these men were on the same level. It wasn't like, you know, this man over here loved God and this one didn't. It wasn't like that at all. It was they were on the same level. They, they both, you know, they were sitting in the same church pew, right? <laughs> they were both there. Another similarity is they both faced the same storm, right? It wasn't like... You know, this guy got a hurricane and this guy just got a couple of drizzles, right? It says, you know, um, that when you read the description, it's the same storm. So in essence, these men could have lived in the same neighborhood, right? The same storm, they were both affected the same way. Um, The winds came and the rains beat against the house, right? That's what scripture says. So they were both subject to the storm. They were both in reasonable proximity to one another and they were they're were both affected by the storm now everyone in here has been affected by a storm right and I'm not talking about you know when it rained outside but in your own lives we've all been through storms um, now everybody here is affected by negative things in life right we can't I don't think anyone in the world can say that they have the most perfect positive life I don't think there's such a thing I think that they're not telling the truth if they say that right so all of us have gone through negative things. Um, maybe it's not the exact same story or the exact, exact same thing, but we all get rained on, right? Life is not always sunshine for everybody. Life's not always exciting, I have to tell my child, as he gets bored some days. And I'm like, every day is not, <laughs> we can't go to Disneyland every day, you know what I mean? Oh, we never go. But anyways, um, but life, life has it's moment of tears, and, um, you know, we all face that. But we also all share in the same vision. We want to build something. Um, we, want, we want to hear something, um, but we all have to face something. So now we're going to look at the differences in these men. So first of all, these men had two different characters, all right? So Jesus calls the first man what? calls him a wise man, that he was wise. Um, the second man he calls, and when you look up the Greek word, because in, in our translation it says foolish, but if you look up the Greek word, and the, the Greek word is actually moron. And I know you're like, what? But that's where we get the word moron from, you know? You're a moron, and we think, why would Jesus call this guy a moron, you know? We translate it as foolish, maybe to make it downplay it a little bit, but that's where we get our word from if you look at the Greek. Um, and so one guy is viewed as wise, a wise man who wants to build something, a wise man who gets spiritual training, a wise man in the storm. But the other man is a foolish man who wants to build something, a foolish man who um, exposes himself to divine truth, a foolish man in the storm. Wisdom in scripture, if you're wondering, why did he call him a wise man? What is wisdom? So wisdom is the ability to take divine truth and apply it to life. Okay, let me say that again. Wisdom is the ability to take divine truth and apply it to your life. A lot of people think wisdom might be like, you know a whole bunch of stuff, like I've got the you know dictionary uh, memorized, but that's not what they're talking about. That's knowledge. I mean, you can have knowledge, but actually having wisdom, and especially in the spiritual sense, is the ability to take what you've learned and apply it to your life. So, in the scripture, the foolish guy, he's not necessarily stupid. He doesn't lack information. It's, you know, it's just that he doesn't do anything with the information, right? He doesn't apply it to his life. If you look in the book of Proverbs, um, they talk about um, a lot of stuff about the foolish and the wise. Proverbs, and when you go through there, it's a bunch of uh, things to help you with your life. So say, you know, if you're foolish, you do this, but the wise person does this. So you can look up that later on as well. But these two men were fundamentally different. They, They were the same in a lot of areas we talked about. They had dreams, they had training, they had the storms. On the outside, they would have looked identical. But, in the description given by Jesus, it says they were fundamentally different. Now, we're going to get to that. So, what is the fundamental difference in these two two guys? It's what we've been talking about all month. It's their foundation. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. Right? Now, um... In Luke, you know how the Gospels, some of them, they they tell the same stories, right? From a different perspective, because it was a different person. They were there, but they were telling their side of the story. So in Luke, it says, the wise man dug deep. He dug deep before he laid his foundation, right? So it costs to build on rock. Um, When you're trying to build something, you know, you can build on sand pretty cheaply. But to build on rock is hard work. If you think about it, you have to dig up, and then you have to pour your foundation, and you have to make sure it's even and all that. And on the sand, if you're just building on the sand, it's, here we go, no problem. Here's my house, it's ready. The man building his house, um, you know, on the rock took a long time, but on, on the sand it didn't take much time it costs time and energy and effort and additional funds if you're going to dig deep so you got to kind of have some time you got to invest if you're going to if you're going to have that firm foundation it's an investment and when we're talking about spiritual you have to have a spiritual investment and if you're not willing to do that you're going to be like the man who builds his house on the sand it doesn't really take much time and effort, and basically, it's for show. It was not He wasn't building it to last, um, like the man who built his house on the rock. The second man was not concerned about how long it would be there. He just wanted to make sure that forever how long it is, that people would drive by and look at it, right? More like a public show, and not really for depth. So the two men experienced different results right so the biggest contrast is the results. and that's what how we know. Not only did the um, house on the sand fall, but it fell greatly. It was a total collapse. What does God want us to learn from this? What is the fun- fundamental point of this? Now, if you drive by these two houses, you may not notice a difference, right? You may get invited into the houses and you may get to talk to the two different men and they may seem like pretty good guys. Their houses may look pretty nice, you know. You may not know any difference. When the sun is shining and all the world is great, these two people are perfectly the same. How are we going to know the difference? It's when the storm comes, right? Right? When the storm comes, that's when we're going to know whose foundation is solid and whose isn't, because the storm's going to reveal that, right, the nature of our foundation. And like I said, in both of the cases, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they burst against that house. Um, I'm reminded of the storms in Houston this week, you know, and, um, and how... You know there's a lot of damage and stuff down there and people who you know didn't have protection on their house or didn't or weren't built up you know above sea level which is hard to do down there their houses got flooded and rained but whenever you have winds and floods and rains and and um, and all that what does that sound like to me it sounds like a hurricane has anybody ever been through a hurricane I've been through, I know my mom's been through a couple of them, um, and hurricanes are not fun to be, most of the time people leave, right, <laughs> when the hurricanes come. So this sounds like a hurricane, um, and it was hurricane season all over these two guys. You know, what's funny is sometimes you'll, as a Christian, you'll want to seek out things, uh, like you'll want to watch the people on TV, right, the preachers. But we have to be careful because some of those preachers are not built on a firm foundation. They don't have they haven't dug deep into their spiritual lives. They haven't really focused on what God is wanting to tell the people spiritually. And so when you watch, you can tell some of them are just for show. The ones that are like, you know, Jesus said, Give me all your money today and tomorrow you'll have a BMW in your front yard. I mean, come on. Is that spiritual depth? No, (laughs) you know, um, repent now and your new house is waiting for you, you know. No, that's not how it works, you know. And so, yeah, and people will pack those places. There will be, I mean, we don't hardly have nobody here. You go to one of those churches and it's like you're going to the Alamo Dome and everybody's there for Fiesta and and they want that new car and that new house. But they don't ever get it because... That's not what that's not what God's telling us. There's no spiritual depth to that at all. It's just show. This this person doesn't have a firm foundation. And what's going to happen when people start coming back and knocking those people down? And we've seen it happen to televangelists before in the past. You know, there's some famous names that when the storms came, what happened to them? Their ministry collapsed because it wasn't on a firm foundation. You know, and then you got other people. I mean, we have great, we have a great church um, down there on 1604 called Cornerstone with John Hagee, and and you know my grandmother used to watch him on TV all the time, and I never, you know, when I would I never heard him say anything like that. You know, he never said, oh, you know, just repent and everything's gonna be great. You know, no, he says, you know, he and he's direct. He's like, you have to have a firm foundation. You know, you have to have a relationship with Christ. You are going to go through things, but you have to stay and you have to keep going. And he talks about a lot of stuff with Israel, and he's all, you know. And he does say some things that people are uncomfortable, but it comes from scripture, and and he's firm in his foundation, you know. So now, do you understand the spiritualness of some of this stuff, you know? And and you can see what's real and what's not. You can see what's for show and what and who's been really digging deep in the scripture. Now. In, um, whenever, there's, okay, so, in your life, you know, you have your spiritual foundation. Maybe you're not sure where you are. Well, I want to tell you a story from the, another story from Mark, chapter 4. Now, Jesus and his disciples, Jesus has been teaching his disciples, right? And, like, they've seen everything, but they always they're still struggling with this because it's new, it's different, it's not what the Jewish people have been taught, you know, but yet it is. And so um, it was very controversial. So they were going with Jesus, and Jesus said um, they had been feeding the 5,000 that day, and Jesus was kind of tired, and he's like, hey, let's go to the other side of the sea of Galilee. So let's get in the boat. So they go get in the boat, right? And Jesus falls asleep, all right? And in the Scripture it says Jesus grabs a cushion, People forget, like, they don't notice that part, but it says it in there. I had to look it up, too, again. But it says he grabbed a cushion and he laid down. Now, it's like grabbing a pillow. If you grab a pillow and you lay down, you know you're going to go to sleep. So Jesus goes, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. So Jesus goes to sleep. All of a sudden, the storm comes, right? They're on the sea. You know they're probably in a tiny boat. It's not like they're in a cruise ship or a yacht, you know? They're in this small fishing boat. And the storms come. The boat's rocking back and forth. And they're all freaking out, and they're like, "Jesus, what are you doing asleep? Are you crazy? Get up! What you know?" And he, you know, basically, they're like, "Do you care if we die?" And you know, when I'm reading the scripture, it makes me laugh because it's like, "Man, are they like little kids or what?" <laughs> you know, it reminds me of my kid. You know, "Don't you care if things that you know?" And and you know, so they were like, "What's gonna? We're gonna die?" You know, and and so anyway, they ended up waking up Jesus. And Jesus said, um, when they said again, "Don't you care if we die?" And Jesus says, "Why? Why are you so upset? What is you know? I could see Jesus with his hand on his hip. What's wrong with you? Why'd you wake me up? I was having a good nap, right?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, we're gonna die. We're gonna die." And he's like, "Why don't? Wh- what is wrong with you? You know? And um, why are you so upset?" And they're like, "Cause we're gonna we're gonna die, Jesus." And You know, Jesus, like, comes to the, so Jesus goes to the front of the boat, and he's like, peace, be still, right? Well, Jesus wasn't just talking to the storm. And the storm did calm down. But I think he's talking to them, too. Peace, you know, calm down over there, too. Calm down, you know, calm down over there. Peace, be still. Um, Because, you know, Jesus had told them, We're going to cross to the other side. We're going to go. We're going to get to the other side. And so for us to think about that parable or that story, and Jesus is trying to teach them, what I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm telling you it's going to be okay. I'm telling you we're going to make it to the other side. Don't worry about it. So he's trying to teach them to have trust and faith in him, right? That even though things may seem crazy at the moment, you know, they were flipping out about it, And they were fishermen. You would think they'd been in a storm before. But this time they were thinking, you know, he's asleep. He's not even going to help us. You know, and Jesus like, just listen, you know. um, I told you that we're going to make it, and we're going to make it. So peace, have peace, and be still. So, you know, sometimes when we get in the midst of the storm, so let's apply it that way. When something bad's happening to us, and even though we know that God has assured us that He's there for us, and we've read it in the Scriptures, we've heard it preached. Why do we still get afraid? You know, we all do, right? And we we have to be like the disciples, and we have to we have to reevaluate. You know, and they actually saw the miracles; we just hear about them. But yet, we do know from testimony when we talk. That's why Captain does testimony time. Because we need to assure each other that God is really working in our lives. And that he can work in your lives too. You know, um, so many people that come through here, we, we love to meet everybody. We love to get to know you guys. And we hate to see you go, but we love to see you get on your own. We love to see you succeed. We do. We, we do. And then, you know what, sometimes people have to come back and you know, that's okay. Because you know what, we're still here. And we still are going to love on you, and we're still going to take care of you, and but and we're still going to remind you that you know what God is still with you in the midst of the storm. Do not forget the truth, even though you're going through the storm. Um. The funny thing about that story too is they were afraid on the, they were afraid right when the storm was going, but after Jesus calmed the storm and told them to calm down. <laughs> They were kind of scared of Jesus, it says. They became very much afraid. Um, and and when they saw what the Lord had done, they got really scared. And they said, what kind of man is this? They got kind of, you know, what is this? Jesus has been telling them. And he's been telling them who he was and what he was doing. And it was still, it was still like not, it hadn't clicked yet. Um, so why does God give us storms? You know? Yeah, exactly. God is test, you know, I don't know if I want to use the word test, but God is showing us where we are. He's helping us to self-evaluate. Have you ever heard of that term? Like, have you ever evaluated yourself, like, where you are? And sometimes when you're in different uh, programs and, and things like that, they'll say, okay, now let's step back and let's see, let's evaluate where we are, you know? And so that way, during the progress, you can see and you can go back and be like, wow, I've come so far. You know, so it's always good to do a self-evaluation on your on your spiritual life as you go, and especially when you face a storm. You know, and you just face something, you come out of it. That's a good time to do a self-evaluation. What? What? How did I respond? What uh, could I've done differently? Um, And how have I grown from this experience? And those are some things that, and that's what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples to do too. Why are you afraid? What's wrong? Didn't I tell you that we were going to make it? You know, and, I, and I'm not saying that Jesus was being ugly about it. He wasn't being ugly about it. But he he had to be firm because he knew they were going to face. Thank God that we're probably not going to have to face what they had to face. Because they had to take the word of God out into the people that were, were very um, afraid of it. You know, like the Jewish people wait a minute, that's not really, he's lying, he's not saying who he is. And then you have the Samaritan people, who, are like, I don't have nothing to do with that. Then you got the pagan, pagan people that definitely didn't want to have nothing to do with it because they didn't want to run with their partying life and things that they were doing or the rituals they were doing. But God was preparing them. In the same way, God prepares us for what's coming for us. We don't know what's coming. We have no idea what our future holds. But we have to stay firm in our foundation, and our faith in God. Um, the goal of biblical preaching is not just to tell you guys stories. You know, there's a lot of stories that we can, we can you know, talk about all day long. It's not just to tell you, you know, list a menu, you know, of God's Word. But it's to bring you to a place where you're actually taking part of that life. It's like if I invite you, we invite you over for a meal, I'm not going to just let you smell everything, <laughs> right? Here, you can smell this stuff that I made, but you can't have that. It's, no, when when God invites us into his house, into his presence, we are to partake in the meal. You know, we are going to be a part of that. It, it comes to us and through us, and we, you know, and so that's what God wants us. When we, when we learn these things, he wants us to not to just know about it. Oh, I heard about that story. You know that story about Noah's Ark, there's some animals or something, I don't know. You know, Jonah and the well, there was some well that ate some guy, I don't know what's about. You know, but if if that's all we know, then that's not helping us. I mean, it's not, it's okay to know stories, but what is the spiritual truth in it? And so, in this particular story with these two men, the spiritual truth is that. In your spirituality, to grow in Christ and to have a firm foundation, you have to dig deep. You have to invest time and effort. You have to be open and willing to go deep. You know, you have to not really be concerned about what others are thinking about you or what's going on in that area, but, you know, what, how is it affecting your life? What's going on for you? Um, the wise man, he took those spiritual truths and he applied them to his life. When Jesus said back in the you know in the Sermon on the Mount, he said you know if you even think about you know if you hate somebody in your heart, that's the same as murder. That's what he told him, you know. And so, how do we apply this? Do we just oh yeah whatever and still go on hating people, or do you re- really let that sink in and be like you know what? that's really a negative thing because if I hate somebody and then I'm cutting them off and it's just so negative, you know, it's almost the same as if I'm killing them and we know that murder is wrong, you know, we got to think about these things. Jesus says in that sermon, you know, not to judge other people, you know, but how often do we judge and get judged? But we have to take that truth and apply it to our life and then begin to think, wait, where do I, I just judge that person. And then you have to consciously think, you know what, I probably shouldn't do that, you know? Um, you know, Jesus, he taught all these things and at the very end, that's why he says this because of all the things that he had just, um, like the model prayer. Okay. So our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name that he was trying to teach people how to pray, but you can look at the two differences in that, in that part, you take that scripture, the wise man what does he do with that with that? He he looks at it and he says, you know, um, our Father who art in heaven and he re- you know, I'm talking to God. God, I you know, you're in heaven and I love you and, and you're holy and, and you're blessed and I love you and I but the guy that's the foolish man, you know what he does with this? He he I've got this memorized, you know, and he it's a show. Our Father in heaven and be and maybe not even like that, but maybe just like a repeating it. Not even know what it means. You know, you're just reciting something. Our Father, who is heaven, hallowed be the name, blah, 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 Like, what did you just say? I don't know. Uh, we had to repeat that in church every day. And there are people like that in our churches, but we have to think. Are we going to invest time to look at that scripture and look at that? And what does it really mean? Are we going to dig deep and explore it? And you're like, how do I do that? Well, you could talk to one of, you know, a pastor, or you can look on commentaries You can pray and ask for spiritual wisdom and divine wisdom, but the main point is it's it's your choice. Are you going to dig deep? Are you going to build that firm uh, foundation? Are you going to apply these truths to your life? Or are you just going to just say, well, I know about this stuff, or even come to church and claim, yeah, I'm a Christian, and then the rest of the week you're not believing and trusting. So that's, what Jesus was trying to tell them with that parable, and some people got it and some people didn't. But God is still going to continue to work on you. And you know, I wish that I can say that there's nothing bads ever going to happen to you when you become a Christian. But that's not true. We can't we can't lie in, to ourselves and to each other. But what we can say is that when you have a relationship with Christ and when you begin to apply His truths to your life then you can see a change. And when you begin to evaluate yourself and see how, how you're moving along and how you're progressing, then, then you can begin to move forward in your life. And that's with all aspects of your life. Not just your spiritual life, but even, you know, your physical and your emotional and your, you know. So <clears throat> this morning, I want you to think about that. And I want you to um, allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to come into your heart and to speak to you this morning. And we're going to have a time of prayer, and um, we're going to have some music playing. You're fr- you can feel free to come and pray at the altars. You can pray in your seat. But I really want you to start thinking about that. Are you going to be the wise person or the foolish person? And, um, and begin to ask God to help you to see how that can apply to your life. And how and and make those changes you know so that your life can be fulfilled from the inside from no matter what's going on in your life you can withstand those storms and god's going to bring you through to the other side because he promises that he will but if we start being afraid and scared and not believing that that keeps us in that boat on the water that keeps us over there you know and we think jesus is still asleep you know well, you know, God's not here. He's still sleeping. He doesn't care. You know, but we have to move forward and have peace. Like Jesus said, peace. Be still. Calm down. Hold on. Regroup. Self-evaluate. And know that I'm here. So we're going to take this time for self-reflection. let us pray heavenly father we thank you so much for your love god we thank you for your wisdom your guidance father god i pray that you would bless each person in here father god i pray that you would bless every person that hears your word god that they would be the wise man and the wise woman and they would build their lives upon a firm foundation in you father god i pray that even though they may be facing a storm right now God, I pray that you would be with them and let them know that you are there, that you are their peace, and you are their comfort. And, Father God, as they move through these storms and 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 on in their lives, I pray that they would continue to seek your name and seek your word, and I pray that they would apply it to their lives, Father God. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we know that you're going to bless us, and we know that great things are in store for us. Help us to hold on hold on on that foundation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.